That's hilarious. It's like she's an adolescent. She's an adolescent. She's so so she's about for now. So maybe that is something. Maybe it is, but she, but she will go to the bathroom and and door. I'm getting an echo. Yeah, and like a really weird thing. Like it's not just an echo. It's like I'm losing. If you if you dropped a beat under it, it would have been a nice techno punk. Oh no! Nice. Okay, next time. We don't have any children living in our house, but yet I know who Daniel Tiger is. I do realize that. It's because Cooper watches Daniel Tiger. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Huh. Your dog watches Daniel yes. Tiger. <laughs> My dog loves PBS Kids. <laughs> That's adorable. She is an odd little beast. <laughs> How does she know that PBS Kids exists? I think Nicole was like, hey, your shows are on. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> when we lived in New Orleans, we had a video of uh, birds that we would show our cats. Oh, interesting. And they loved it. They would, like, walk. They would circle the TV. <laughs> oh, because they want to kill it. Yeah. They were trying to get to those lovely birdies. Wow. You know, nothing we're talking about is about racist friends. I know. I think if, if you have an idea about a segment that uh, that you would like us to do, you should send it send it to us on Facebook. You talk, talking to me? Facebook. Why can't you just call me? I mean, somebody who's listening that isn't. Oh, you. you're talking to the public right now, <laughs> even though I wouldn't know that because we didn't do an introduction yet. And Kevin has said like eight times in the in the messages. How about the introduction? How Maybe a segment could be the introduction. <laughs> you know what sucks? So I don't have my special mic. I'm not going to be able to do my my Barry yeah, you're not going to be able to do your fancy voice. Let's see what Oof. we can do with. See what we can do with uh, the Mac Air uh, audio <laughs> portion of the computer. Let's see. Welcome to my racist friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Don Griffin. Junior. <laughs> hey, hey, that was good. And I'm Amy McKeese. Oh my gosh. You sound like um Dan oh, Dan yeah. Castellanetta. Oh yes, Cat Dan Parks and Rec, he is the he's the NPR guy. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Kevin's like, this is the last time that I'm ever gonna have Don Griffin <laughs> do the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're doing kevin's friend called it uh selective incompetence like when you are deliberately not very good at something so that you won't have to do it again oh like yes, i'm sorry I'm... i just when i make the coffee i put too many too much in it and then it overflows i just oh don't God. know how to put less coffee in it God, i'm sorry i missed that whole section when i was cutting the grass dad yeah, I don't know why. I just, I just I, but I love I don't know doing how to it. Get that part. Give me, give me another chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I can tie that to racism. Okay. 
it's the it's the people who are like i can't possibly be expected to speak in a way that isn't racist this is what i know it's who i am man authenticity right authenticity mm-hmm we're not done with this. You know, like last week, we were so excited, like, hey, it's a new day, we got a new president, mm. everybody's coming out of there, whatever it was, whatever the hell it was where they believed in this joker, President Trump, you thought, okay, now they have to know, like they have mm -hmm. to after all that, five people died, all this, right? Mm -hmm. No, they are knuckling down they are knuckling down and rallying around him there was an article in the that showed up in my news feed this morning about the huge number of people who have left the republican party it was like people leaving the republican party because they were offended by the violence but i don't think that's it. I think it's people leaving the Republican Party to join the Patriot Party. Oh, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. So it, there, there's a thing called the Patriot Party? Yes, I am pretty certain that there is. I saw on my, you know, my pretend account, I've been seeing lots of face frames that say Patriot Party on their profile pictures. Hmm. A new... MAGA Patriot Party has launched from a San Antonio address, San Antonio address. <laughs> the Patriot Party used to be a socialist organization, though. <laughs> well, I mean, they might as well. They, they love rebranding things where anti-fascists fascists are now fascists, where real news is actually fake news. You're going to love this. Okay. The Patriot Party was a member of the original Rainbow Coalition. Nice. Formed by Fred Hampton. Are you kidding? No, of the Black Panther Party and others <laughs> to create a broad-based multiracial political coalition. Because, of course, these people don't do their history when they say, I'm going to be a patriot. A patriot right. is somebody who loves the country, not a man. All right. All right so, so, so what were we talk we were talking about? We got off the subject. I know we wanted yeah, we do today. that but but like right now don't, don't you have a list of things that you wanted to talk about and we may get to one did i i yeah. didn't today actually really but i'm just uh there's just so much going on i feel like i'm barely treading water okay did you read about this GameStop thing I didn't completely understand it, except that when I listened to the radio this morning, it was like, actually, it was a little bit like your Dan Castellanel thing, uh -huh. because it was a professor of economics being like, well, these are people who don't really understand the importance of the stock market. I'm sure he didn't mean to say that, but that's all I heard was... Blah, blah, blah. People don't understand, and they're messing with our rich person game. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, Kevin. Why'd you bring up GameStop if if Amy hasn't even uh I read about it. it. <laughs> Why didn't you read about it? Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> I read about it a little bit, like, but not enough. I know it's connected somehow to... Trumpsters, I know they okay, here, overly inflated the the GameStop thing. I don't know why or how. 
actually, I think it connects in a roundabout way to the two different Patriot parties as well, because you can find common ground if, if you're just looking for people who think that the uh, stock market is elite nonsense mm-hmm. or like sort of like when we've talked before about how great it would be if we could get everybody impacted by poverty to fight together. Yeah. Okay. So, and maybe that's what I'm struggling with. They're doing exactly what we would hope people would do. People that are not, you know, playing the stock market normally. The the whole idea of of bringing your resources together. I mean, this is proven right here, right? They're saying this is not going to be the only time that they do. This is going to be the first time. If they're going to do the, they're going to do yeah. th- the same thing. Like, and maybe other people will do the same thing too. I appreciate that part. I just, these are part of the Patriots, right? Are they? I don't know. I may be completely wrong. It hasn't interested me enough to actually read beyond the headline. <laughs> That's all right. You know, billionaire hedge funds shorted GameStop, trying to drive the price as low as possible. So, like hedge fund people were doing this on purpose and Reddit people noticed it and drove the price back up. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. And big wall streets like, Oh my God, you're hurting my feelings. And like went to go tell the kindergarten teacher. Okay. Well, shoot. I kind of like that. See, that's why I shouldn't talk about things that I know nothing about. (laughs) That's sort of what we do here. Well, except when we talk about our own experience, what's your own experience? Uh, my own experience with shortstop is I usually sell games, Dexter's games that are just like, yeah, but that's about it. <laughs> I went into GameStop once when the older two were, you know, younger and we had had like some kind of uh, meltdown at home. And the solution seemed to be that afternoon that if we could gather up these old video games and take them into GameStop and we could trade them for the game that the kids really wanted. And so we gathered it all up and we went in and because I am me, I couldn't find my driver's license, but I did have my passport, which is a lot harder to get than a driver's license, right? Mm-hmm. And I went in and the 12 year old working at GameStop wouldn't let us trade because I didn't have a driver's license. And he said to me, it's, he, he said, it's against the law to sell games using a passport. And I, I was not very, I was not very nice. <laughs> well, that's not I was that. like against the law. <laughs> oh no. I didn't, it, it didn't help though, me being mean. We still didn't get the game. I can't see you being mean. You being mean is scary. I don't think I do it very often. Like I think I'll I know home. that's why it's scary. <laughs> that's why, you know, you know, you're in trouble if Amy is like dropping the hammer on you. I don't even it's, have a hammer. Okay. So did we go over this synopsis? Cause now I understand it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So what do you understand now? Okay, so billionaire hedge funds shorted GameStop, trying to drive the price as low as possible. Okay, bad, bad. Don't like that. Reddit people, huh? 
Why were they picking on GameStop? Maybe they made them show their driver's license too. I, I that's funny. I don't know. It's probably <laughs> retail it, uh, located in the malls are not doing quite well. But I wonder if GameStop is actually doing okay. I thought GameStop had actually because of the you know everybody staying at home. Right. There's a pandemic, so we are playing yeah, the games. We're playing the games a little bit more. So yeah. So Reddit people who know financing notice this as an opportunity to buy buy to drive the price back up. Big Wall Street responds by halting trading and calling for regulation. Oh, now they want regulations? <laughs> okay, okay. So this is something we can, uh, this is a populist agenda that we all can believe in. Leftists and Trump supporters agree this is a good thing against Wall Street. Elizabeth Warren's yeah. at home rubbing her hands together. <laughs> okay, so it's $40 a share. Now NPR story says it's three fifty. Wow. The Wall Street poked the bear. Uh-huh. Gamers. Okay. All right. Where are we going with this, though? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> if we were going to do, like, This Week in Racism, to me, it doesn't feel like news, except that there are now studies confirming that Black people get shot by the police. Isn't that sad? Okay, so that brings up something like we get black people and brown people are more likely to get shot by the police with a gun. Including um, indigenous people in Canada who make yeah. up 3% of the population and 30% of shootings from police, from Mounties. But white people, they can get a shot of COVID vaccine two and a half to three times uh, more than black people and brown people. We're not getting the vaccine. We're not getting our shot. Yeah. It, it's kind of sad if you bring up shot. I'm just saying it's just ironic. Um, mm -hmm. That pissed me off. That really, I mean, honestly, when I saw that, it's like, damn it, black lives matter. And this is showing that it, it doesn't. I mean, there's two things, two factors going in. The distrust I know some black people that are just like, I'm not going to do it mm -hmm. because I don't trust it. I'm going to wait till, you know, eight months down the line or whatever. But then the black people that do want it and do need it, mm -hmm. it's hard for them to get it. And, you know, part of the reason why they're upset, if you look at all the, the Tuskegee yeah. experiment yeah, and yeah. where they use black people to, to uh, you know, they Tuskegee, they injected um, syphilis, right? into black men to test on I me. Mean, this isn't that far back, you know? It's similar to, because people would say, well, the way that we are rolling out the vaccine is uh, we're giving it to the people who need it first. And on the surface, it's one of those things that on the surface, that sounds reasonable, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, uh, healthcare workers need it. I got my first shot because I'm a licensed healthcare provider and they sent me the registration to get closer, I guess, to seeing people in person. And I had mixed feelings about it because I think that telehealth could reasonably continue as long as we need to for most of my work. But, but anyway, to me, it sounds a little bit like when companies do hiring and they're sort of like, well, we would hire a more diverse staff, but they just don't come to us. Like we don't, 
it wasn't a good fit when we when we interviewed yeah. them, right? And I think that there's some similar thinking that happens with a vaccine. Like I think this is sort of a a public health version of the good fit argument in employment. Am I making sense? No, you're there? right. It's the the people, the doctors and the nurses and you want and once again it's a socioeconomic it's based on socioeconomics. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, what about the African-American and Latino folks and, uh, you know, just p people of color in general who are working at the hospital and they're clean, they're in charge of cleaning all the rooms. Yeah. I are, don't... They get, are they getting their shot or is it just the doctors that are getting, you, you understand what I'm mm -hmm. saying? The, the, the grocery worker, um, are they getting that they're, they're in front they're yeah, I don't. I don't think they're considered. That's uh, what you under, in Indiana, at least. Yeah. So the police officers, the you know, uh, the definition of who is important first is is interesting. Right. Whereas I think if we did who is at risk first, it would look very different. For it one thing, look, well, we'd be paying attention to the prisons. The prisons. I mean, and I know, yeah, elderly should get theirs first. I mean, I think that's like. There are a lot of people being that are that are not getting their shot. I keep thinking of that Hamilton uh, beginning of him. You know. Oh, you're not gonna miss your shot. I was thinking yeah. of whatever sickness killed his mom. And oh, I don't remember all that. I don't think it was COVID back then, though. I no. could be complete. That could have been COVID one. I don't know. I have no COVID idea. COVID one. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But I want to tell you about our guest next week because we have a guest next week. Oh, we do? We do. Um, her name's Francois Booker Drew. I've known her for a little while because I met her at a RCT training a while back, back in 2016. And we had this long conversation about how to bring people together that disagree and help them connect with each other. You know, it was in the week the week's right after the election. And I think like I'm a little bit embarrassed in that I think I was doing some of my white person, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. And that I was putting her in a position as a black woman of comforting me, which is embarrassing. But she's gonna be on our show next week. She steers the State Fair of Texas. It says uh, she steers the State Fair of Texas as Vice President of Community Affairs and Strategic Alliances, building relationships and strategic initiatives to meet the needs of the South Dallas community. We got to hear her on a RCT colloquium last week. A lot of the things that she talks about are sort of changing the language of philanthropy and of helping like it was super empowering the way that she was approaching nonprofits one of the things that i took away from it was that she introduces people and she helps them connect and then she backs off she lets them do the work she didn't have to be a part of it mm, okay i don't think i'm quite capturing how excited i am to <laughs> no, you are, but we're all going to get to see her, right? Or hear her. Yes. Yeah. You'll get to, you'll get to talk with her next week. She had just gotten her. Tattoo? What? Her elbow? Vaccine. Her first vaccine. No, not her okay. elbow. <laughs> when I talked to her the other day. <laughs> you were showing me your elbow and I'm like, I what? know. Yeah. I A know. tattoo on the elbow, which would hurt. 
but you meant yeah the vaccine okay one of the things she said was our entire well-being depends on relationships and I thought of her when you were talking about the, the Wi-Fi inequities when we started our meeting today, um, because one of the things she talked about was that she got all excited about introducing a, like a new Wi-Fi program to this neighborhood that had really poor Wi-Fi and like sort of brought the Wi-Fi people in and the neighborhood in the neighborhood was like, we don't want that. We don't want those towers in our neighborhood. And she hadn't, like, her point being that she hadn't checked what do they need, what do they want from them. She had just sort of gone based on what she thought she wanted. Yeah, well, that was still a stupid decision on their part. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm sorry. I, I understand what she's saying, but no, sometimes you got to give people what they need. And there, there is a great divide. And if you're telling me that if the kids don't have good Wi-Fi, they can't do the work. You know, they cannot, we're, ha we're having that problem here. We had that problem until they created these little buses that take the Wi-Fi into communities. I, I want to say Boys and Girls Club might be involved, but I may be completely wrong about who's involved. Uh, maybe the transit is involved, but yeah, they have a place so that it's, that, that it's easier for the kids can, to do their homework, you know, because everybody doesn't have internet at home. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely true. So it's a real thing, man. I can't wait to meet her, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Okay. I will actually read the stuff that you send me. This time. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, because I want to be able to ask her questions. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she, she like, managed to sort of shift money around, too. It wasn't just, like, feel-good relationships. She um, helped, like, shift how grant grants were being given. and. Okay. Stuff like that. All right. I look forward to it. I'll be on my game. I'll be on my best. You'll be on your best. I'll be I'll better. be early too. You'll see You'll me at early. like good. I think we'll we'll open it up at like nine forty-five. Huh. <laughs> your face is like frozen. <laughs> I can do that. I'll be there. I promise. There's just so much going on right now. So there's so much to fix. Yeah, I mean, you did I'm, not I'm, give yourself much of a break. We talked about like, you know, everybody can take a breath and then get back to work here. Uh, the work has already started. Yeah. It, it never should have stopped, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like uh, you have a front seat always to like, there's not a world where you would like accidentally forget how ugly things can be. It amazes me that people can pretend that suffering doesn't exist. Or that suffering is somehow, that it's okay to ignore other people's because if they just wanted to, they could stop it. You know, like if they just wanted to get a job or if they just wanted to be nice when the police pull them over or if they just wanted to, like all of the different things that we throw out. You know, I, I uh, uh, you know, I, my office is right next to the park, right? Oh, I know, I know. It's right next to the park where there, there's a homeless camp there. You know, I support Shalom Center. I do. Mm -hmm. and For those other, who aren't local, that's a local... Beacon, I guess, is what it's um, called now. Agency that provides all sorts of services. It's growing the types of services it provides, but they're committed to low barrier services. You know, people camp in my woods. Did I you know. know I, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's pretty gnarly when you go back there mm-hmm. with needles everywhere with feces i'm not sure i know of a solution right i don't i don't, I don't know of a solution i don't know where i stand i've seen I think both sides for the needles i think just not making them illegal would help with that and i think if there were less energy and fear around needles that would be well i don't want it on my property either i know you don't i know you don't but i I, I don't and i don't want the camps i really don't want the camps i mean i I mean it's okay for me to say that i don't want the camps it's okay for you to say that you know because things like if something were to happen on my property i am Mm -hmm. liable i i got people working in my office when i'm not there you know, it's it's kind of by itself. If you think about it, it's an, it's on an acre by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's high visibility, but it's you want it incredible... to be a safe place. I want it to be a safe place for the mm-hmm. folks that work for me, and I don't I don't want people to go hungry. But I also want my I, I also want to care about my own safety. It's, I don't know if that's wrong or right. Well, I don't think those are counter. Like, I think caring about everybody having enough food and caring about everybody having, I would say, no barrier to shelter would actually mean that people wouldn't be going through your trash because they would already have food. I don't, he wasn't going through. I don't know what he was going through my trash for. I don't know if it was food. I don't know what it was, but it was. it's on my, it's my house. That's, 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 that's my sacred space. Right, but whatever it is, nobody wants to be the person that's going through trash. He wasn't like, you know what'll really make my day perfect? Going through Don's trash. <laughs> Don's sacred trash. So I and not I'm not saying don't worry about it. I think uh your wife should not have to worry about someone glaring in the window at her when she's there. Like that's reasonable. It's easy to put we can't, man, I don't know. It, is it more helpful to make things that we don't like, you know, like camping near the street or dumpster diving downtown or, or whatever to make those things illegal or to try to address the underlying need? And I think we spend a lot of time arguing about the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, do we not have resources out there? Doesn't Bloomington have a lot of resources? I mean, and that's part of why people come to this community. That's why people that are experiencing homelessness and hunger come to this community because of our resources. But even if you ask the advocates of those groups, some of the groups that we just mentioned, they are overwhelmed because it never stops because more and more people come and you hear rumors about oh the mayor is bringing people in and you know (laughs) that that they're bringing you know he's he's giving them free tickets that's not the case it's it is other communities like as far away from texas and florida that are giving they're folks that either homeless or they have mental health issues or other issues. They give them a, a one-way ticket to Bloomington, Indiana. 
They really, this is, this is the honest to God truth. I do know that there are communities that are like, yeah, Bloomington's got the stuff, send them there. They do. And I get that because you would want to send them to places that have good services. But what I want is for everywhere to have good services. But they don't. So even regionally, we're getting, you're getting people from Lawrence County. We're getting people from Indianapolis. Right, but so... Yeah. And and this is such a, maybe we should invite someone on to talk about this because it's definitely messy. And, and, and I don't know, like, I truly don't know the answer. I don't think there is one answer. That's why I really don't talk about it too much. You haven't seen me say, oh my God, the mayor's terrible for moving everybody off of the thing, you know, out, out of the park when, when I know what was going the the different steps that were going behind the scene i know that it wasn't an easy it's not a mayor bad situation like all bad that's my opinion you know what i'm saying it's it's not a popular opinion a lot of the people that are listening <laughs> to a lot of my friends will be kind of like don don't you understand what happened yeah i do i understand more than you think i understand <laughs> Yes, yes, you do. You're, you've got up close. And we need to talk about this more. We have to talk about the things that are uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. Because what's happening is we're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing by saying bad, good. And what we really need to be doing is actually talking it through. Well, and right? actually, I will add this other piece. Us talking it through is all you know, fine and dandy. And I think a healthy exercise for both of us and a, a chance to flex our relational cultural theory muscles. But if we're not including the people who are digging through your trash in the conversation, then we're not going to have all the information that we need. I mean, well, do you want to send them a Zoom link? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I hear you. I, I hear you. Um, it's hard. I'm not. I'm not suggesting it's easy, and I'm not suggesting that you should that you should be okay with with feeling threatened. I want you to feel safe, and I want. Well, I, no, and I mean, I, it's, that's not the only. I, that's just one. That's happened more than once. Mm-hmm. You know, that has happened more than once. But is it any worse than uh, a student uh, that is half right. drunk? Yes. On the side that also of my. Happens, that right? also happens too, because yeah. it, it is. I, I live a what, two blocks away from campus. I mean, so I get shit happening there, but we talk about that. I hate when people are like, oh, this house was built by the Amish. And I want to say, was it a good Amish or a bad Amish? Like every Amish person doesn't, isn't a great carpenter. That's all I'm saying, right? Oh, you mean they say it like it's a good thing? Yes. (laughs) I gotcha. Yeah, they're like, yeah. (laughs) Or, Or when someone says, when they say homemade, this homemade chocolate chip cookies, I want to know a little bit more about that home. That's <laughs> who I am. <laughs> like, okay. like who's home? You know, like. So the thing that's bringing me joy actually is just this moment right here. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> And my other little thing is, do you see this bracelet thing? I was looking at that, actually. Yeah. So it's it does nothing except vibrate. My youngest bought them for me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And so we each have one. And when I want to, I can make her wrist vibrate <laughs> from here. 
and she can make my wrist vibrate from where she is and then we're like oh i'm thinking of you but but neither of us ever have time to talk so we just vibrate each other's wrists oh my god that's really something that's pretty mm -hmm. cool and it, it is really bringing me joy it's it's a silly little thing but it is really fun i like that yeah part of my mind you know me i'm trying to find a way to make fun of it and i can't because it's actually sweet it is yeah could you imagine if your puppy had that or your dog had that though <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> hey baby squirrel come home what are you doing that would be our, I'm hungry. our Rosie, like anytime all of his people are where he can see him he'd be like i only see two two of the five where's the others where's the other one? <laughs> yeah all right all right very cool i'll talk to you next week all right i'll see you all right bye bye This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, took place in separate locations in Indiana on Thursday, January 28, 2021, and was edited for this podcast by Kevin McKeese. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Follow the Bloomington Center for Connection, on Facebook and other social media platforms. Hilarious! It's like she's an adolescent. She's an adolescent. She's so so. She's about for now. So maybe that is something. Maybe it is, but she, but she will go to the bathroom and and door. I'm getting an echo. Joey, I know, I know, what she did there, and I just don't know it. <laughs> well, hang on. Uh, Leave and come, come back. 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 It's the same setup we always have. You messing with with me? No, 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 I'm not. Ah. Really, I really can't can't you now. It fit that that one. It's oh, this it's it disappeared. It's oh, this it's it disappeared. It's oh, this it's it disappeared. Yeah, yeah, no, it disappeared because you because uh, you know we start again. Yeah, but let's go go. Okay, so okay, so you want me to look at where? I'll... Still getting a max headroom thing? Not at the moment, no. Okay, let's let's, let's play ball. Oh, nice. And I've got all my my headphones, so oh, hold on here. Oh. Yeah, the head headphones are off. How about now? Now. Yes. Um, um what? There's a thing on the back.
Okay. Uh, good, good. What What about the the, the show thing? But that that would wouldn't play into anything. Welcome, yeah. welcome to my, my racist friend, friend, friend. The podcast about the mess, mess about the relationship that broke, 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 broke it together. Uh, oh, oh, that's annoying. Okay, okay, we can stop. Okay, so say more, more, <laughs> yes. more words. Ah, God, I'm funny. I'm so freaking funny, man. <laughs>